highest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. And welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, up to episode 88. I'm feeling great. I am your host, Ray Russell, and this week, guys, we're going to finish up July 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation here on TV. So much to get into the return of Superstar Graham in the ring. Going to get our very first listen to Ravishing Rick Rude here in the World Wrestling Federation. Plus the Battle for Bam Bam going to finally begin. More vignettes featuring the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase also on his way to the WWF. All of that and a whole lot more. But before we get there, i got to remind you guys you can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, as we chronicle the weekly breakdown of the Raw vs. Nitro War. This week features the breakdown of the July 22nd, 1996 edition of both Monday Night Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. Over on Raw, we're coming out of the In Your House International Incident pay-per-view. Vader has pinned the WWF champion Shawn Michaels. The Undertaker has chased mankind into a boiler room. All of that and so much more as we begin to build the SummerSlam 96. And then over on WCW Nitro, the NWO now in full effect. Hulk Hogan chasing the giant for that WCW gold at the upcoming Hog Wild pay-per-view. Hogan looking to turn that WCW title into the New World Order belt. Plus, Psychos is back for a rematch with Eddie Guerrero. Dean Malenko taking on a debuting Chavo Guerrero Jr. All of that and so much more this week on the Monday Warfare podcast. You can also listen to our regional wrestling show where we talk the territories, guaranteed 100% territory talk. And we've got two projects going on right now at Regional Wrestling. It's 1981 and Georgia Championship Wrestling doing that one with guest co-host Jamie Ward. Then on the other side, 1986 in the Mid-South Wrestling Territory, the UWF, along with guest co-host Roman Gomez. And you can listen to all of those shows and more over at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network located at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met. From Apple to Spotify, Google and beyond. And be sure to follow me on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me at Facebook.com slash wrestling grenade follow me on social media for all the latest goings on at the wrestlecopia podcast network and i'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history and speaking of videos be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel you can find us there at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade uploading new footage all the time as i continue to preserve my old vhs collection by converting it all to digital over 480 videos and counting right now over there at our YouTube channel, including a January through June playlist here of this project in 1987 of the World Wrestling Federation. You guys can go click play at the top of the playlist or find what you want to watch and let YouTube do the rest of the work. I thought I did a pretty good job breaking down a lot of the big happenings throughout the first half of 1987, all up on youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. Now is also an unbelievable time 
to become a WrestleCopia patron. You can find us there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Yes, there are multiple tiers that you can choose from, but I only ask you guys to give it a try at that $5 all-access tier. Get you all sorts of gifts for just $5, including all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes, pages upon pages of show notes, lots of detail put into each and every episode of the Grenade, Monday Warfare, and the Regional Wrestling Podcast as well. You also get early access to many of the podcasts here at WrestleCopia. Listen days, sometimes more than a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Plus, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade covering the 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversations originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the show. But that's not all. You'll also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. It's early access, insanely detailed show notes for three of the podcast shows, Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content, digital downloads, plus bonus video drops, and more. You get all of that for just $5, guys. No subscription, cancel any time. Show your support. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like the content we offer. And every penny of it goes right back here to paying the bills at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So if you guys have a few dollars laying around, you want to show your support all the time and effort that I put into all of the shows at WrestleCopia, whether you listen to The Grenade, Monday Warfare, Regional Wrestling, or all of the above, I truly appreciate your support. We have no ads here at WrestleCopia.com, so it's your donations, your patronage that helps me keep this thing going. And speaking of keeping this thing going, with all of that out of the way, it's time to keep going here in 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation this week. Going to close out the month of July, and we're going to kick things off here with July 18th, 1987, and the Superstars of Wrestling. All right, and away we go this week with the Superstars of Wrestling for July 18th. Tape back June 23rd, Indianapolis, Indiana at the Market Square Arena. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, and Bruno Sammartino on commentary. And it's off to the ring right away. Six-man tag team action with the Junkyard Dog, Hillbilly Jim, and Billy Jack Haynes taking on the team of Outlaw Ron Bass, Cowboy Bob Orton, and the magnificent Don Morocco. And when they hyped the match at the beginning of the show, they didn't even bother to mention the heel side that's involved here, so that's pretty telling of the outcome, I'd say, as uh, we have the Outlaw and a Cowboy on the same team. Seems like Ron Bass would be the obvious Morocco replacement here if they were to keep Orton in a tag team anyway. In fact, we get an insert promo from the Outlaw Ron Bass continuing to put over Miss Betsy, his brand new bullwhip he brings to the ring with him, as the Outlaw goes after the JYD's head, but that doesn't work too well. The dog delivering a standing headbutt, flooring the Outlaw, then the dog down on all fours for some crawling headbutts. And then next in, get a little change in uh, scenery in the ring. Billy Jack Haynes and Don Morocco tagging in, which could be fun. 
keyword is could there. Uh, not much here from the two. Feeling out leads to Billy Jack Haynes with a nice tackle, but that's about it. Before it's Cowboy Bob Orton and Hillbilly Jim going to give it a go here. It's Jim busting out the old cartwheel. Before they begin to slug it out, trading punches. Hillbilly Jim with a big boot that doesn't even appear to connect with the Cowboy's face. But Orton taking a bump over the top rope anyway, spilling out to the floor. And then Morocco off the apron to check out his partner at ringside. But the Cowboy doesn't know who's behind him. Morocco taps Bob Orton on the back, and Orton spins around, slugging his own partner, nearly sending Morocco over the guardrail there. As Orton and Morocco then begin to argue at ringside, a shoving match ensues as the referee apparently counts them out of the ring. So that match ends like a hoops basketball card. Cheap. Countout win for the babyfaces. Two minutes and 46 seconds. Shout out to my cousin Crystal. Hoops. When we were kids, rather than call something cheap, we would call it hoops because of the old hoops basketball cards. You guys would have to have collected them to know what I mean. As we go on post-match, Morocco walking off, leaving Orton and Ron Bassett ringside as the baby faces all dance in the ring. Billy Jack Haynes wisely stepping back and letting old Hillbilly Jim and JYD do their thing. Little stanky leg there from the Hillbilly and Junkyard Dog as we go off to update and Craig DeGeorge. And we discussed this one last week on Wrestling Challenge. It airs here again this week on Superstars. It's vignette number three of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And this week, it's lunchtime. And DiBiase finds himself a little hungry. Virgil? Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price for the million-dollar man. Yes. But all of you people out there still don't believe that you can be bought. But as time goes on, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm also going to prove to you that I am the most talented, the most gifted athlete that has ever set foot in the World Wrestling Federation. And right now, I'm also the hungriest. Virgil, lunch! Uh, Table for two. And your name, sir? Ted DiBiase. I'm sorry, sir. I have nothing open. It will be about 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. Uh, look, you don't understand. I'm Ted DiBiase. I'm the million-dollar yes, man. I don't wait in line for anybody. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a full dining room. I have people waiting online. I really can't do anything right now. Uh, it will be Virgil, five minutes. you're sure you, you don't have a table? Thank you, but I cannot do anything right now. I'm going to upset the people and look at the dining room. Virgil, I cannot find a table. No. I'm sure you can find a table. I will. Uh, actually, there is 25, maybe 20 minutes, but that's the best I can do. Virgil, look, okay. I don't care about your regular customers. I don't care if you have to kick somebody out of their seat. I want a table now. Okay, so, uh, okay, let me see what I can do then. Thank you. That's what I thought. Hey, what's the deal, man? Can't you wait in line like everybody else? Don't be upset with that maitre d' for giving me a seat. He didn't do anything that any one of you wouldn't have done. He had his price just like each and every one of you has your price. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. So the million dollar man having Virgil take him to one of these fancy French restaurants, it would appear. But DiBiase doesn't want to wait in line. A 30 minute wait? No, thank you. Continues to hand over that cash until he finds the right amount for the Mater D to give him a table. 
And when one of the guys standing in line, as you heard, asked him, who does he think he is? Why can't he wait in line? Well, you couldn't see it here in the audio, but Virgil simply steps in front of DiBiase with his arms crossed, those big guns out there by Virgil, essentially Virgil acting as the bodyguard of Ted DiBiase. And what happens? You guessed that the million dollar man getting his table in no time flat. Instant top heel here in the WWF is the million dollar man, and he hasn't even wrestled on TV yet. As it's back to the ring for the one-man gang with Slick in his corner taking on Sonny Rogers, we get an insert promo from Slick here. Oh no, here we go again. Claiming the rights to Bam Bam Bigelow. And Jesse Ventura's mind is blown. It seems that everyone owns a piece of the contract of the Bammer, if you listen to what all these managers are saying anyway, as the gang attacks Sonny Rogers in the ring and puts him in the tree of woe, beating him down before the gourd buster. Going to end this one quick and easy. One minute and 19 seconds. And yes, guys, for those couple that probably caught it out there, last week's grenade, I was in the middle of doing a one-man gang squash, and then both of my neighbors decided to start cutting the grass at the same time. Kind of threw me for a loop for a second. I got a little discombobulated, and I forgot to read the finish of the match. I don't remember if it was the Eric Cooper match. I don't know if that's coming this week. I don't know if that was last week. I know it was a squash match. I forgot to tell you guys the winner. Have no fear. In case there was any doubt, the one-man gang did go over in that matchup last week on the grenade. First time I've ever done that, to my knowledge, and I do apologize for that, but figured I'd bring it up here. As the show goes on, we get yet another clip of Jesse Ventura in Predator. They've got to be uh, just about out of clips by this point, I'd have to think. Uh, But WWF still pushing hard Jesse Ventura's new movie, Predator. Well, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I hear Carl Weathers is in that, too. Then back to the ring for the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Going to take on the team of the Shadows as Vince McMahon pimping the Rougeaus in the latest WWF magazine. Showing them having some fun, being goofy. Jacques Rougeau giving some rabbit ears to Brother Ray. Trying, I guess, to give this uh, perceived straight-laced team uh, a bit of a personality here on television. Uh, because they're not really getting over with the fans. Uh, fun spot that leads to the Rougeaus double drop-kicking Shadow Luis Rivera out of the ring. And then Jacques trying another dropkick on Shadow Rex. But Shadow Luis Rivera, we'll call him Shadow number two, holding Rex back and Jacques Rougeau missing the dropkick as the Shadows take over briefly in their corner until Rougeau comes back, that's Jacques Rougeau, countering a double-team move with simultaneous one-footed dropkicks taking both Shadows down as we get the hot tag to Brother Ray. I don't mean Dudley. It's Le Bon de Rougeau on Shadow Luis Rivera. The Rougeau's going to pick up the win here in 2 minutes and 53 seconds. And up next on the show, it's a British Bulldogs promo. Matilda eating an ice cream bar with the Bulldogs, shilling that WWF ice cream bar goodness. And the Bulldogs going to join in, biting after Matilda, which Jesse Ventura finds absolutely disgusting. And hey, I've got nothing against dogs. We've got a couple of our own. But I, too, am not one for uh, eating after the dogs. But Vince McMahon, ha ha, pal, he loves it here as it's back to the ring for Axe and Smash. Demolition with Mr. Fuji in their corner. Going to take on the team of Omar Atlas and Scott Casey. A couple of Southwestern guys there. We get an insert promo early on for Mr. Fuji, and you guessed it. He also, again, claims to manage Bam Bam Bigelow, calling out the other managers by name. Bobby Heenan, what you talking about, says Mr. Fuji here. Arnold Jackson, eat your heart out. They're all losers, says Fuji, because he is the one who has Bam Bam. And then to the action, Scott Casey has looked good so far since coming to the WWF, even in his losses, but he doesn't fare so well here against the demos. 
Omar Atlas, though, finally tagging in, but it's still demolish and destroy. Smash with a hot shot on Atlas before the demolition decapitation. Going to take it home in 2 minutes and 35 seconds as we're off now to the snake pit with Jake the Snake Roberts. Actually, two different versions here. Here this week, we talked about one of them quite a while back here on The Grenade. I think we go back to May when it was actually recorded. I also put this video up on YouTube several weeks ago so you can go into the playlist, the WWF 87 playlist, and look for it yourself. It's Hulk Hogan on the snake pit when he's interrupted by Mr. Fuji and Killer Khan leading to Khan spewing green mist into the eyes of the Hulkster, blinding the Hulkster, and he has to be helped out by Gorilla Monsoon and a few other officials there, setting up the upcoming summer feud on some of the house shows in a lot of the markets, but not all of them, between Hulk Hogan defending his title against Killer Khan here in the latter half of the summer. Now, for the markets that didn't have that match coming to town, instead, we got a different snake pit here this week, and that's the one we're going to touch on. In this particular snake pit, the special guest this week is Mr. T. And T comes out with a flex bar, a twister bar for working out. Going to make his arms look good here on the show. And he exercises with it throughout the entire promo. Absolutely ridiculous. Mr. T reiterating that he is the new special enforcer of the World Wrestling Federation. Claims he's been chopping down trees to prepare for handling the wrestlers here in the WWF. He says, it's no more Mr. T. Now he's Mr. E, as in the enforcer. Somebody better tell Arn Anderson. T says he's not a referee. He is indeed an enforcer. He wants to make that clear. I don't know what the difference is. If the wrestlers give him issues, he will fight back. And then out comes former referee, Dangerous Danny Davis, interrupting the snake pit here. Who does T think he is? The WWF taking Danny Davis's license away, but giving one to Mr. T? How dare they? says the former official, Davis reminding Mr. T that these wrestlers aren't trees. They'll fight back and kick T's butt. But T responds, telling Danny Davis that he was nothing as a referee, and now he's nothing as a wrestler. T admits that, yeah, he has been chopping down the trees, but Davis is nothing but a little shrub. Uh, Dangerous Danny insisting that he could kick T's butt, but Mr. T, he's so worried he actually turns his back to Dangerous Danny here and continues working on that flex bar, implying that he's clearly not scared whatsoever of Dangerous Danny. Davis teases attacking Mr. T, but Jake Roberts running him off with Damien there as we conclude this episode of the Snake Pit, basically setting up, yeah, we know Mr. T's coming in supposedly as a special enforcer referee, but they're also setting up a future potential matchup between T and Danny Davis, which would have been good for Saturday night's main event, no doubt about it. As we roll on, we head back to the ring. Brutus the Barber Beefcake going to take on Pete Sanchez. Wow, it's been a long time. The Barber now with a mirror in his goodies here that he brings to ringside. Quick match. Some strutting, then just two moves. A power slam and the sleeper hold. Going to do it here for the Barber in just one minute and five seconds. And Beefer with a smock around Pete Sanchez for a nice little hair trim as the crowd chanting for more. They want more. Take more off the head of Pete Sanchez here, but Brudai doesn't bring any of the spray paint with him here this week. So Sanchez, lucky on that end. Even still, Sanchez getting back to his feet, seeing himself in the mirror in total humiliation, has a fit and takes off out of the ring. And the crowd continuing to eat that up as we head off to a special video of the natural Butch Reed. Last week, we saw Superstar Graham posing in the deserts of Arizona this week. 
It's Butch Reed with a golden glow behind him in a nice little video package showing off the naturals, quote-unquote natural body here. Uh, just a quickie video of Butch Reed flexing his muscles set to some kind of generic music. Like I said, some gold lighting in the background and even some smoke to really enhance everything. Honestly, it's the most they've done with Butch since he's come here. And obvious in response to the Superstar Graham video from last week, but Reed really looking good in this video. They're doing something with him. And he could have used something like this to build for his debut, but nothing exciting. But again, at least it's something for the natural. As we head off to a promo with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart heard what Fuji had to say earlier on the show. He says, no, Mr. Fuji, this isn't 1957. It's 1987. Wow, Jimmy. Jimmy Hart claims that he is the one who has Bam Bam in the bag as he shows off exclusive footage. And it is indeed our very first look at a man by the name of Bam Bam Bigelow. But all we see, just his flaming head, the tattoos on the head, and his face. Scary man. He's coming, and Jimmy Hart seems to be the front runner here at this point, at least for now. He's the one with the footage here on Superstars anyway. As it's back to the ring, more Jimmy Hart, this time ringside for his tag team champions. The Hart Foundation taking on the team of Jerry Allen and Mike Richards as the Hearts dominate this one, mostly on Mike Richards. And the heart attack. Going to finish Richards off here in quick fashion. One minute and 19 seconds. And then post-match, Allen tossed to the floor as the Hearts deliver a second heart attack on Mike Richards. Wow. Mike Richards surviving two heart attacks within minutes of each other. A true survivor is Mike Richards, but didn't fare so well in the matchup. The Hearts picking up another squash win here this week. And fun week. It didn't start off so hot with that six-man tag, but at least they used it to continue the Orton-Morocco split. We see Reed and Graham continuing with the natural video response. All the managers still laying claim to Bam Bam Bigelow. And for those lucky, they got that awesome Killer Con Hulk Hogan angle on the snake pit. And for those not so lucky, we got Mr. T and the Danny Davis showdown. But it is what it is. And Brutus the Barber continues to get over with his post-match antics, even if he's doing next to nothing in his matches, which is probably for the best right now and that concludes this week's edition of superstars it's off to wrestling challenge for july 19th Wrestling Challenge, July 19th, taped June 24th, Louisville, Kentucky, at the Louisville Gardens. It's Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary as always. Heenan has a videotape with him in his hand here this week. As promised, he claims he has footage of Bam Bam Boogaloo. It's Bigelow. Get it right, brain. As we're off to the ring right away, Kamala and Sika in tag team action with Mr. Fuji and handler Kim Chi at ringside, taking on the duo of Sonny Rogers and Leaping Lanny Poffo. And this week, Mr. Poffo has a poem for us all. Lanny's poem this week is all about Bobby the Brain Heenan and his feud with Ken Patera. Alrighty, not sure what that has to do with this matchup, but we get an insert promo here yet again from Mr. Fuji, who says he specializes in big men like Demolition, Kamala, Sika, Killer Khan. So that means he specializes in big men like Bam Bam Bigelow. 
which really upsets Bobby Heenan on commentary, but Fuji making a point there. He does manage most of the monsters here in the WWF. As we see Lanny Poffo trying to hold his own with Kamala early on, but winds up eating a thrust kick after Kamala does not one but two leapfrogs for Lanny running into the thrust kick of the very nimble Ugandan Savage. Then Sonny Rogers tagging in to take on Sika, but Sika feasting on Rogers here, leading to a Samoan drop and the Kamala splash. And the wheels are spinning in place here for this pair of jungle savages, but talk about dropping the ball. Vince McMahon does nothing with them. Kamala and Sika picking up the quick win here, 1 minute and 21 seconds, as we're off to a special report. We get a replay, we've seen it before, the Danny Davis story, aired I believe on Superstars last week. Of course, they go through Davis being fired as an official, some of the shenanigans he pulled leading up to that firing, then becoming a wrestler, and it concludes with a brief Davis interview, again questioning Mr. T signing on as a WWF official, so they're still building to Mr. T and Danny Davis as it's back to the ring for the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man. Jimmy Hart in his corner going to take on Scott Casey as we get an insert promo from Jimmy Hart warning the other managers to back off Bam Bam, causing Bobby Heenan yet again to go off on commentary. So the last couple weeks, it's gotten a little monotonous. All the managers laying claim to Bam Bam. Who is really his manager? We have to be wondering. But this week, at least on Challenge, it's a little more fun the manager's becoming more aggressive, and I think we even heard that a little bit on Superstars 2, beginning to warn each other, sometimes by name, to back off of Bam Bam Bigelow, and it's no more prominent here than on Wrestling Challenge, which makes it a little more fun, picks it up a little bit, kicks it up a notch, if you will, because Bobby Heenan gets to respond to all of these managers here this week, ripping on them in return, going nuts on commentary, getting upset that these other managers have the audacity to go after Bam Bam Bigelow and talk about a hot commodity right now. If you didn't know who Bigelow was heading in to his run here in the WWF, they did a fantastic job of building up this mystery man, Bam Bam Bigelow. Then it's back to the action with Honky Tonk and Scott Casey. Casey in control early, but going for a splash and lands on the knees of the Honky Tonk man. From there, Casey trying to make another comeback, but it's a no-go and it's shake, rattle, and roll. Honky Tonk Man putting away Casey in just 2 minutes and 13 seconds. A little surprise there. I thought we'd get a couple more minutes out of that matchup, but Honky Tonk Man picking up another win. Non-title, I'm sure. And he gets on the house mic after the matchup. He's Honky stating that he's not going to disappoint the people this week. So it's time. Yes, we're doing it again. Let's go Honky Tonkin'. <laughs> New Intercontinental Champion, the Hockey Talk Man, everyone, as we're off to our first Mean Gene promo here this week. Mean Gene standing by with the thumper. It's the Junkyard Dog. All right, Gene Oko, and we're off and running with the, with the great ones here in the World Wrestling Federation. Certainly a man that is back in action, hot and heavy, within the ranks of the World Wrestling Federation. My guest from Charlotte, North Carolina. Big as a house right now. I've never seen you look too much bigger and too much better. Junkyard Dog, and I couldn't help but notice... 
You've gone back to the closet and you've got the old chain out. Well, you know me, Jay, when I first came to the World Wrestling Federation, it was a new, it was a new life, what they call a new lift on life. You came from, I came from the Mid-South area, which it was a good wrestling area, which taught me a lot of skills. But I looked up and saw all the big names and the big stars floating around. So I took old Dustin, best in, I threw in the car and went and bought myself a brand new chain. But then I start having bad luck. I talked to my grandma. She said, hey, fool, go in the closet. Call me neck. Neck, go in that closet and get that old chain out and carry it with you. You know, you know I, can, I can relate to that, junkyard dog, because I've got a brand spanking new set of golf clubs that I paid a good price good for. Good hit of balls. But I, I, have, I have trouble. All of a sudden, I go back down in the back of the garage. There you go. And I get the old 25-year-old clubs out. They've got rust on the irons. Feel that the stuff. woods are all banged up. And you know something? I get out on a golf course, and I shoot lights out. And that's exactly what I'm doing. 310 pounds, and when I pull this old rest of that baby out here, and I put it behind the 310, 310, there's 340 pounds of nothing but frustration with no humiliation upon somebody hind in. Well, I'll tell you what, I know a couple of names right now that I can mention. You know who I'm talking about. I, the the, the honky-tonk man, of course, the Intercontinental Champion. I love to wrestle the honky-tonk man, the Intercontinental Champion. Good-looking, strong, big man. He's acting where from. I'm from Memphis, baby. I'm from Memphis. I'm and like, then you ask that Bo Weevil, the mouth of the South, hey, where you from? He don't know. Something else. He is the Junkyard Dog. And kind of interesting there, JYD talking about coming from the Mid-South Territory, but heading to the WWF, which was, which was loaded with the big fish, the big superstars in professional wrestling. And Dog admitting he hasn't been doing well in the ring as of late, blaming it on his brand new shiny silver chain. So he went home and he talked to his grandma. And his grandma told him, Neck, she called him Neck, go on to the closet and get that old nasty rusty chain out. Basically the dog with his old lucky chain back in action here with him by his side. Gene Oakland comparing the situation to his old golf clubs. Alrighty, a little bit of a throwaway promo here this week as we're off to a replay from last week's Superstars and last week's Grenade, it's the Million Dollar Man vignette number two at poolside. So last week on Superstars, we saw the swimming pool vignette on Challenge. It was the restaurant vignette. This week, they flip-flopped. Superstars got the restaurant, and now Challenge getting the public pool deal with Ted DiBiase, shooing all the kids away so that he could get a suntan. What a heel, that Ted DiBiase. As we're back to the ring, the shadows in there, Moondog Rex and Jose Luis Rivera, number one, number two, a and B, call them what you will. It's the Shadows getting ready to take on Rick Martell and Tom Zink, the Can-Am connection. And this is it, guys, the final TV match of the Can-Ams. Zink left back after his match in Hartford on July 9th. So this airing is actually 10 days after Tom Zink had quit the promotion. And we get an insert promo here from the Can-Ams. They state that their goal is still the tag team titles worn by the Hart Foundation. But first, it's revenge on Haku and Tama, the Islanders. As we get a rare appearance for the Shadows here on syndicated TV, Martell, looking good, landing a head scissors early on, and uses his hands to walk up the ropes, climbing the ropes with his hands, turning the head scissors into a takeover of sorts. The Shadows, though, manage to take over on Rick Martell for a bit, working him over in their corner, and Moondog Shadow with a nice clothesline on Rick. But Shadow Luis Rivera telegraphing a backdrop, and Martell lowering the boom, and then it's hot tag time to partner Tom Zink as it breaks down into a four-way melee. The shadows whipped into each other and then a double drop kick since Jose Luis shadow to the floor leading to Tom Zink, atomic drop on shadow Rex 
as he staggers into a Rick Martel running body block. Can-Am connection picking up the win here again this week, four minutes and nine seconds, and the Can-Ams continuing to change up the game and their finisher almost every week here on TV. Unfortunately, their time as a team is over, and Martel, as we know, will rebound, and Zink will eventually do some things in WCW as the Z-Man. But this is it, guys. This marks the final appearance of the Can-Am connection here near the end of July 1987. And how ironic is it right now that we're off to Mean Gene Oakland? He's standing by with a promo featuring Tito Santana. Tito Santana, Tacuto, Mexico. Tito, come on in. I've followed uh, your career now for for just about uh, one decade. And, And I don't mind telling you, things do not get easier. Here on the World Wrestling Federation, you see the preponderance of new talent that that joins us basically on a weekly basis. New names, one-man gang. How about the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase? He's no stranger to you. You know about these guys. I sure do, especially that million-dollar man. You know, he claims that he's going to come to the World Wide Wrestling Federation and buy his way to the world belt. You know, he has not made a secret of that. I think he's just blatantly come right come right out and said, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes, whether it's $500,000 or $10,000, I'm going to buy my way to the top of this organization. You're exactly right. You know, he's paying people to kiss his feet. He's paying people to kiss his hand. I guess he's going to be paying referees off. I don't know what you have in mind, but that doesn't happen in the World Wide Wrestling Federation. You're going to have to earn your belt, Mr. DiBiase. There's a lot of good wrestlers that's going to have to go through, and I guarantee you, you'll be facing me sometime. By the way, I should point out, Tito, I think that the World Wrestling Federation, and I've got to compliment our distinguished president, Jack Tunney, is cleaning up that, that referee situation, bringing in somebody like Mr. T as a special enforcer. We're going to be seeing him around the country and around the world. Well, that's exactly right. You know, I, I uh, certainly believe that Mr. T will, will do an honest job when he steps into the ring. He'll call it the way he sees it, you know. Like you said, Jack Tunney is cleaning up the, the referees act. He got rid of Denny Davis, which should have done that about six, ten, uh, ten months ago. Yes. But he finally did it. You know, I guess you have to go through a process to eliminate certain individuals. Myself, there's a lot going on for myself too, Gene. You know, uh, the Intercontinental Belt uh, mm-hmm. by Honky Tonk. I'd like to get a shot at, at that no good Honky Tonk. I'm ready. I believe you are, Tito Santana. One of the great ones right here in a World Wrestling Federation. And there you go. Santana name-dropping Ted DiBiase. He's not a fan of what Teddy's been doing right here. Buying his way through the WWF. Buying his way through life. And there's implications there in the interview that Tito knows DiBiase from his past, which is true. They, they played college football together. Santana also putting over Mr. T as the new enforcer referee before admitting that he wants that intercontinental title back. Tito would like a shot at the honky-tonk man. So with Junkyard Dog back and being moved down the card a little, looks like maybe Tito Santana getting bumped up a peg here. He's not in those six mans anymore. And he's mentioning some names here in the promo. He's got some form of direction anyway. So Tito being bumped up a peg? Well, that'll hold true very soon. Then back to the ring for tag team action. The new dream team, Dino Bravo, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, Luscious Johnny V in their corner, taking on the team of Jerry Allen and Jim Powers. And I've seen these listings online as Jerry Allen and Mario Mancini, Jerry Allen and Unknown Man. Well, this is definitely not... Mario Mancini, but it is, I can confirm, Jimmy Powers here in this matchup. As we see a clip from last week's Superstars, Brutus Beefcake clipping a lock out of the hair of the hammer as the Rougeau's portion of the feud sort of fading away here. We get yet another insert promo. This time it's from JV, whose grandma's cooking apparently gives him the advantage to sign 
Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm not sure. Was was that a fat joke, JV? Well, let me tell you something there. Parlez-vous, parlez-vous scrambled eggs. Let me tell you something right now. Parlez-vous scrambled eggs. Grandma, indeed. As Jimmy Powers shines early on here in the matchup with a series of arm drags on Bravo, but Allen tagging in and the heels take over after Valentine giving Allen a shot to the back from the apron. Jerry Allen does manage to counter a hammer pile driver with a backdrop, tagging back to Jimmy Powers, but Valentine delivering a delayed suplex and an elbow drop on Powers. Bravo with a back suplex, but misses an elbow drop, allowing Powers to crawl over, tagging back to Jerry Allen. They may be enhancement talent, but they know where their partner's standing. Jerry Allen back in the ring, but Dino Bravo immediately dodging an Allen dropkick. It's the side suplex and a Valentine figure four. Going to pick up the win here in three minutes and 34 seconds. Up next, Craig DeGeorge now standing by. He's going to have a word with the outlaw, Ron Bass. Ron Bass and Betsy. I'm with outlaw Ron Bass. I was wondering if there was any movement at all to outlaw that uh, whip of yours. Well, you mean outlaw this whip? Well, let me tell you something, people. You're looking at a lot of wrestlers' nightmares because right here is the baddest thing that ever come down the pike. A lot of people have come up to me and they say, Hey, outlaw, how come Betsy's so mean? How could you use Betsy so well? Well, let me tell you something. It's a lot of practice. You know, a lot of ring chairs back, back home, you know, they get a little lazy. You got to get their attention. And there ain't nothing to get their attention. You better than that right there. And just to tell you something, people, when Miss Betsy gets a little upset, she wakes them all up. So be looking out, people like Hook. Tito Santana, Steamboat, the Rujos, the Bees, the Outlaws here, baby. And there it is, Bass still getting over Miss Betsy. The new bullwhip added to Bass's repertoire. Still would have liked to have seen what he could have done with that branding iron, but the bullwhip, just as good, if not better. And then it's back to the ring. Singles action involving Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Dusty Wolf, and this was right before Jake's suspension took place. So the Snake Man still wrestling here on TV. And early on, Dusty Wolf perhaps hitting Jake a little too hard with a forearm across the back. It makes quite a sound. And Jake giving it back here with a nasty, stiff-ass, short clothesline across the chin of Dusty Wolf. Wolf out to the apron, but Jake clotheslining Wolf off the apron and out to the floor for a nasty back bump to the outside. Then once back in the ring, it's the DDT, just that quick, right on the dome, right on the top of the head of Dusty Wolf. Jake Roberts picking up the quick win here, 1 minute and 28 seconds, and some Damien around the neck of Wolf for some post-match shenanigans as well. Is up next on Challenge, it's a replay of the Butch Reed pose down, and then as promised, Bobby Heenan going to show us some footage of Bam Bam Bigelow, but it's the same exact clip that Jimmy Hart showed us on Superstars, but they don't mention that here on Challenge, Gorilla arguing that this clip shows us nothing, brain. It doesn't prove anything, says the gorilla. And remember, Jimmy Hart showed it first, but now two men showing off this head, just the head shots of Bam Bam Bigelow here. Scary individual, no doubt about it. We'll have to wait and see what happens with Bam Bam in the weeks to come. But right now, it's back to the ring for a very established star. And the macho man, Randy Savage, going to take on C.V. Afi here. And you wouldn't know Macho's a heel at this point. The crowd popping for the duo of the macho man and Miss Elizabeth. And you can't hear a single boo in this crowd at this point. And then, of course, insert promo from the lovely Liz, who says she might consider leaving the Macho Man if she could acquire the services of a, a Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay, maybe that didn't happen. But back to the action. Afi early on with a Hurricane Rana taking over Savage to the ground and a big body slam. Sends Savage down to the mat, then Afi up to the top rope. 
diving headbutt, but misses Savage out of the way. CB clothesline outside of the ring as Savage off the top rope with a double axe handle outside to the floor and then back in the ring. You know it's coming. The flying elbow. Going to get the win here for the Macho Man. Two minutes and 16 seconds. And I should mention now, Gorilla Monsoon putting Randy Savage over here is one of the best. And he says it in a positive way here. Not just he's a good wrestler, but he's one of the greats uh, destined for stardom. And he's going to do it again on an upcoming episode of Primetime as well. So I think the tides are turning at this point for the future of the Macho Man. Babyface, ooh yeah. As we close out this edition of Wrestling Challenge, one more promo lined up here. Another soundbite ready for you guys. Minji Nokelin, one of my favorites standing by. Yes, Mr. Fuji's there, but so are Demolition. You know, over the weeks, I've talked about how Jimmy Hart is on a roll, managing the tag team champions and the intercontinental champion of the world. How Bobby Heenan seems to acquire great talent on almost a, a weekly basis. But I've got to talk about the tremendous success that this man has been having as of late. The venerate septuagenarian, wrestling manager extraordinaire, samurai warrior, and of course, martial arts expert and world-class wrestler, the distinguished Mr. Fuji. Welcome aboard. Mr. Fuji, right now you have, you have Kamala, you have Sika, you have Killer Khan, and you have this red-hot tag team demolition who many say will be the next tag team champions of the world. True indeed. But let me tell you... How I put them to training camp. The demolition, how you train them? Yes. You see, I have what you call this. This is an extension cord. Looks extension like... Extension cord. Yeah. You plug this in socket, and I have demolition hold the other end. But I splice the other end. And this, in turn, will make the brainwave work better. You see, this is how they get like Mr. Fuji. That I imagine. Demolition. You have them sit in a, a swimming Old pool at the same time. Uh, That's yes. very good. Here they are, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they are ominous, awesome, and something else. Members of Demolition, Axe and Smash. How about that? That's right. Mr. Uh, Fuji's exactly right. Yeah. That's what makes us big and strong. And when Fuji sits outside by the ring and gets a little smile on his face <laughs> and goes like this, that means break bones. It might be an ankle, it might be an arm, or it might be somebody's neck. And a lot of you brain surgeons out there, it could be your bones. Isn't that right, Axe? Axe, I'm curious, why do you insist upon calling me Harvey? You've done that for the first I have never called you Harvey, Howard. A lot of people get worked up and enjoy what they do. But I can honestly say we get a charge out of professional wrestling. We really enjoy our work. We get excited. We get worked up. We get a little perverted sometimes. We get a little bit nasty. And maybe if we study hard, we'll be as nasty as Master Fuji. Maybe when we're that nasty, we'll have those championship belts. It doesn't matter who we come against, fellas. Can-Ams, Killer Bees, Islanders, Heart Foundation. We're in training. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Axe and Smash, members of Demolition. Is this what you mean by being on a juice? Yes. That's it. That's what I thought. Very good. Demolition, one of the premier tag teams here in the World Wrestling Federation. They're managed by Mr. Fuji. So Fuji showing off an extension cord before Demolition joining in on the promo for some fun. We get some electrical shocking puns here. Minji then asking Demolition 
Since they have the cord, if it means that they're on the juice, I wrote LOL, some inside lines there by Mean Gene and company. Demolition, uh, good as always. And I love the banter. love the way they gelled with Mean Gene in these promos. Mean Gene asking Axe, why do you keep calling me Harvey? Axe replying, I've never called you Harvey, Howard. Again, I wrote LOL. Good stuff here. Remember, these, this is going to go on the entire heel run for Demolition. Axe referring to Gene as Howard because Gene keeps getting Axe and Smash mixed up. It never gets old, at least for me. And one of those promos where the boys were clearly trying to entertain themselves just a little bit, talking about being on the juice and hooking up the extension cord, splitting the wires, electrocuting demolition, all kinds of nonsense there, as you'd expect from Mr. Fuji. And at least this week on Challenge, the manager's becoming, like I said, a little more aggressive on their urgency to sign Bam Bam Bigelow. They now realize that there's a whole bunch of other managers out there looking to do the same thing. And it worked out better here again with Bobby Heenan on commentary because he got to talk shit back to the other managers and nobody does that better than the brain as we're off to the July 20th edition of Primetime Wrestling. Hosted, as always, by Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan. We come right into an intro. All sorts of conversation to be had here, talking Billy Jack Haynes, Ken Patera, the Jumping Bomb Angels. Let's get to it. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. I'm still wounded. Your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Starting again, right? We're going to put this thing to rest once and for all. Mm, Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Primetime Wrestling, where we indeed feature the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. Our feature match this week, the big 305-pound Russian Nikolai Volkov taking on Billy Jack Haynes, the big guy out of Portland, Oregon. And what a number he's going to be doing here in the World Wrestling Federation. In fact, uh, he told me that he was going to, whatever Kenny Patera decided that he wanted to do, that Billy Jack would be in his corner. Where does this guy get off wanting to hang around with some ex-con? Why does he want to stick up for this former Olympian? Why do you keep referring to him in the negative? Why do you keep referring to him in the positive? Because he has a lot of positive things going for him. Well, he made the plates for your car. No, he did not make the plates for my car. Oh, just the people of Wisconsin, that's right. Very negative person. We're also going to take a look this week at the reigning ladies tag team champions Leilani Kai and Judy Martin as they take on a very unusual team from Japan the Jumping Bomb Angels. You familiar with them? No I'm not. No you're not. No. Well, yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you one thing I'm familiar with. What's that? I do have a surprise guest coming. I understand that later on in the program we indeed have to go to Studio G. I didn't know that. Well <laughs> that's how much you know. Well, they never told me that. Well, they don't tell you everything What's because you're for? not the host. Let's be realistic. Right now, we're going to go to ringside for our opener. And there it is. Hello, everyone. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, and I'm still wounded. Gets me every time. Good stuff from Bobby Heenan. Apparently, Billy Jack Haynes has formed an alliance with Kim Patera as well, those Oregonians, and the Jumping Bomb Angels. Gorilla Monsoon referring to him as unusual, apparently because they're from Japan. That makes you unusual, Gorilla And we learn also later in the show, Bobby Heenan's doctor will be here. So we're going to take the trek to Studio G 
Later today on Primetime, on the show, it's a vignette of the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase before we're off to the ring to see those jumping bomb angels Norio Tateno, Itsuki Yamazaki defeating the women's tag team champions of Judy Martin and Leilani Kai, not yet glamorous, but it is the bomb angels over Martin and Kai in a non-title matchup that goes 11 minutes and 9 seconds, Kai getting pinned with a sunset flip from the middle rope there. That match taped back June 24th in Louisville. And the fans, they weren't really into it at the beginning. Uh, another ladies match. You know how it went back then. But it didn't take long for those Bomb Angels to wake the crowd up. They, By the end of the match, they were getting some serious applause, no doubt about it. But I should note, and I didn't grab a soundbite of this because it's so quick. In the middle of the matchup, we cut to a commercial break. And of course, when we do that, we get a little wraparounds with Gorilla and Bobby Heenan from the studio. And as we head into the commercial in the middle of the Bomb Angels-Kai Martin match, Gorilla Monsoon states that, it appears Leilani Kai hasn't missed a whole lot of meals lately, implying that maybe Kai had a few extra pounds around the midsection. Shame on you, Gorilla. Also here on Primetime Wrestling this week, Demolition scoring a win over the makeshift killer bees of B. Brian Blair and Special Delivery Jones. And that match happened way back on June 1st in Kitchener, Ontario. Jones subbing for Jim Brunzel, wearing the killer bee trunks, however, and the Demolition scoring the win there at 9 minutes, 44 seconds. Smash pinning SD after Axe hitting him with a clothesline from behind. As up next, we're off to our second soundbite of primetime here this week. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan having a sit-down interview discussing Bobby Heenan's neck injury with Dr. Brandenburg, who is apparently Bobby Heenan's doctor. This is a uh, couple minutes long, guys, so stay tuned on the other end. We'll recap it. Well, Brain, here we are at your request. We spent a lot of money and a lot of time to put together our special interview studio for you. You're going to enlighten not only me, but the millions of primetime viewers with what? I'll tell you with what. You know, I'm tired of being called a gold bricker. You don't believe that I'm injured. A lot of people don't believe that I'm injured. But I have here a gentleman I'm going to bring out. Probably one of the greatest heads of medicine all over the world. And with my vast wealth, I can afford to go to any ends of this earth to find what I need. And I have this gentleman here today. He's an orthopedic specialist. He's from Dusseldorf, Germany. Dusseldorf. And I'm going to bring him out right now, and you can talk to him. Ask him anything you want. I will. My personal physician, Herr Dr. Von Brandenburg. Von Brandenburg. Doctor, please. Indeed. Oh, he's got a beast with him, too. What is this? How are you, doctor? Hello. Hi. How are you today? Fine. Gorilla Monsoon. Doctor, I, I, I would shake hands with you, but uh, who knows where this thing oh, has this, been. This is my Might snap. have to get a hoof and mouth shot or something. Yeah, to talk like that to oh, him. Come on. <laughs> Come on. How many doctors yeah. walk around with a dog underneath their arm? I, go Stay. I, go, I don't go nowhere without schnapps. Everybody needs a schnapps. You're not going to go anywhere with him, I'll tell you that. You bet. Yeah, have you come here with any... Can you prove He is going to, to prove to you right here Let's see it. that go I'm ahead. injured. Prove it. Uh, give me your x-rays and let me look at them. Yes. What x-rays are these? The these the latest ones? Yes, they are. These when are were the they taken? One. When they were they taken? They were just taken last night, yesterday. On the plane? No, by a physician here in Baltimore. And now let's look it over. Yeah, let's take a look. Take a peek ski. All right. There so you see. It's a cranium. Yeah. No, it's upside down. No, 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 no. You, you... Are you a doctor? What? No, are you a but doctor? I know an x-ray when it's upside down. Well, he's looking at all the angles. Will you let him do this, yeah. please? Okay. Okay. Oh, sure. All right. It is not broken. I think it is only fractured. Cracked. If, uh, cracked. If you, with therapy, I think we can I don't do want it. surgery, though. No, no, no. I think no. you should cut myself. No, no. no. What uh, is that? Huh? No. 
Let me let me see. Examine let, me. let me examine you. Examine me. Don't hurt me, though. No, 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 no. Let me see your... Are you reflecting? Ah, uh, pretty good. No, that's that, that's right. Let, let me. Doc, uh, let, 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 let me explain. Hair. Let me touch your neck. Hey, hair. Let me explain something to you. Does this hurt? Ah, uh, yes. Sure. Pressure. Sure, it uh, does. Okay. Now, if I push it down, does it hurt? Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. All right. Definitely. If it's not broken, it's oh. just fractured. Just so. Just I, fractured. Fractured means broken. You can broken, see doctor. that. You can see that it's neck. Well, you let him examine me, please. Let me listen to it. What you're listening to is heart. We're not saying anything. He's coughing. I, I Give me can a listen break. That, you please? Right. that thing you went know, out I with the 18th century, that particular piece of equipment you've got right there. It still works. It, it still worked works. It years ago and it still works today. Please, what do you know about medicine? What do you know about medicine? You haven't, you haven't even come out here to smack on me. I'm in yeah. pain. Yeah, yeah I, put I it on. That you're, in fact, a doctor. You came out here you with know, a duck yes. sound under your arm. Thank you. You're treating a weasel. You're talking to a gorilla. What are you, a veterinarian? Do I have to take this insult from no, you? No, you don't, doctor. You fly you me over don't. from Germany. I studied medicine in Heidelberg under Professor you don't Dr. Franz You and this other you don't want an explanation to me at all. I don't think I have to take No, this. you don't, no. doctor. No. Take the dog with you when you go, doctor. You bet I will. I don't go nowhere without schnapps. Good. Hello, schnapps. Take you. Doctor, I apologize. Let me apologize to all of you out there in prime time. Let me apologize. For this fiasco. That happens to be my doctor you've insulted. Now, I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. If that was a you put this back on I me, would Doc. let this guy treat me for a hangnail. Doc. Look at that. There's absolutely well, nothing wrong yes, with you. Yes, there man. is. I'm going to get out now. I'm in pain. You ran everything. the guy off. I can't put this on by myself. We'll be right Will back. Will someone get me a doctor? So Dr. Brandenburg from uh, Dusseldorf, Germany, says Bobby Heenan, out here with what Gorilla refers to as a dachshund named Schnapps, of all things. Gorilla busting out a great line there. And I'm paraphrasing, guys, but you're checking on a weasel. You're talking to a gorilla. What are you, a veterinarian? Good stuff there by Gorilla Monsoon. New x-rays were taken last night by the good doctor. And he says that Bobby Heenan's neck isn't broken, just fractured. I wrote LMAO as Gorilla Monsoon eventually calling him out there. Fractured means broken, you quack. So it did go from a sprain to a fracture here, says the doctor. Gorilla giving this quote-unquote doctor a hard time throughout. He really gets heated near the end there. And I wrote, LOL, this would have been atrocious. This entire segment would have been awful if anyone else had done it. But these guys, Gorilla and Bobby, make it gold yet again. Total nonsense here as the brain brings his doctor from Germany, Monsoon questioning the legitimacy of not just the neck injury, but now the doctor as well. More on that in just a little bit. As we head into our final soundbite from this edition of Primetime, I'll set the stage. We're coming out of a break and heading into a match. And then coming out of a match, a couple of sound bites spliced together here. The matchup is Nikolai Volkov taking on Billy Jack Haynes. We'll talk a little bit more about the match in a minute. But what's important right now, it's all about Bobby Heenan and a little more Dr. Brandenburg. I, I hope the, you're satisfied. Give the man a chance. Give him a chance? Yes. I gave him every opportunity. Oh, you made... F- We're on the air. So What? Okay, fine. You never gave the man an opportunity. He opened up his bag. He was going to give me his a complete... bag. There was a yo-yo in there. I saw a yo-yo down in the bag. yo-yo I made in two there. yo-yos. Him and the yo-yo that was in the bag. Dusseldorf, give me a break. Should have sick as, that as dog usual, on you. you wasted everybody's time. Would you please ask the director to put a hole on Studio G for next week? Yeah, I want equal time on this thing. What does that mean, sir? That means that I'm going to satisfy not only my curiosity, but everyone's curiosity that's out there. If you think I'm stripping down and having a complete physical, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. That, that would be uh, humiliating to everyone watching. 
I couldn't believe he came out there with a dog under his arm. Give me a break. Schnapps happens to be his companion, his traveling companion. Oh. Very attached to that little mutt. Yeah, I'm dog. sure he is. <laughs> little mutt. Well, right. I'm not much of a dog lover myself. No, no, you're. Uh, after Matilda, kind of turned me sour on animals. We're in fact going to find out next week how much gold bricking you've been doing and whether there's any thing to worry about from anyone with your threats about litigation. You bring any sawbones you want, any quack you want, and I'll let them We got rid of the quack. Well, folks, that wraps it up here for another week on Primetime Wrestling. Uh, Next week, we're going to be joined by the macho man, Randy Savage, along with Elizabeth and One Man Gang. What are you you upset about? Your doctor, quackamania. Yeah, we're going to go, in fact, to Studio G once again. Where is your doctor from? Next week. Uh, The Big Apple. New York City. New York City. Class guy. Does he work out of a van? No, he doesn't work out of a van. Why do you say that? Miss Betty was a I'll tell you what, he won't walk in with a dog under his arm, I'll tell you that. Are you coming on a Shetland pony? Please. Miss Betty was approached the other day by a man in a van. I, you know, I, th- I thought you really doctor. were out of bounds when you, when you brought that other goof out here. Lance? I told yeah. you Lance was a ploy on my part. Yeah, he was a ploy, all right. What was this guy? A neural, uh, neural orthopedic yeah. specialist. Yeah, he needs help himself. I got news for you. I, I hope that he's on his way back to Dusseldorf with whatever that thing was that he brought with him, that duck sound or whatever it was. Well, I'm going to let you examine me. I'll, let you, I'm, I'll be man enough. I'm hurt, Monsoon. I'm, I'm legitimately keep, hurt. You keep telling us that, and we keep trying to prove it. Well, you think I like walking around day and night? Yes, to, it's to a sympathy on the airports, getter. going through it's the planes, getter. the restaurants? Trying to make life miserable for everyone. You've even told people you've seen me places where I have. You no have question. not. Saw you at the airport, saw you at the swimming pool. At the air host, which is one of the last places on earth you'd ever want to be, in a swimming pool with the air host. That's not a swimming pool, by the way. I didn't think so. There's some strange things happening out there. Until next week, so long, everybody. So there it is. Gorilla not sold on this Brandenburg, Brandenburg fellow. So Gorilla telling the crew to put a hold on Studio G for next week. Monsoon wants equal time to examine the brain. Bobby asking Gorilla, what does he have in mind? Gorilla going to bring in his own doctor. Quackamania, says Bobby Heenan there. And then, as I mentioned, it was Nikolai Volkov defeating Billy Jack Haynes on a disqualification in about four and a half minutes after Haynes stole the Slickster's cane from ringside, breaking it over the back of Volkov. Boy, I hope that cane was gimmick. Billy Jack, just a violent creature when he needed to be here. And Nikolai going to get the DQ win before Haynes chasing both of them backstage with the broken cane. That match taped all the way back June 3rd in Rochester at the War Memorial. And there's also, and I promised this on social media, so I'm going to get to it now for those who are actually waiting for it. There's also a little piece, just a really quick mention, and no, I didn't grab the soundbite again, just too quick for a soundbite in my opinion. But during the middle of the show, Gorilla Monsoon Bobby Heenan began discussing the future young stallions, Jim Powers and Paul Roma. And it's not Bobby Heenan mocking the team. They're actually having a discussion about the duo. And in the middle of it, Bobby Heenan says he understands the team now has a team name. They're taking this seriously. They've generated a team name. They're going to be called the New York Power Company. Of course, both men from the New York City area. And Power Company was a a pretty popular thing to use back in that time period. So very interesting. At one point, maybe they were batting it around. The New York Power Company just doesn't roll off your tongue, but it would have worked. But again, it would have regionized the duo, and I think that's why they didn't stick with the name. 
Instead, we wind up with the Young Stallions before too long. But there it is, for those who are wondering, the New York Power Company, Jim Powers and Paul Roma. Use that, guys, in your fantasy wrestling leagues. As we're off to the following week, Superstars of Wrestling, July 25th, and a new set of tapings. Taped July 15th, Glens Falls, New York, the home of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but he's not with the company right now. Going to take place at the Glens Falls Civic Center. Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno Sammartino out here as we see right away a clip of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat holding his little newborn, the Little Dragon, in matching attire. Congrats to the steamer. A healthy baby boy, and we're off to the ring for the Birdman Coco Beware, going to take on Barry Horowitz. How about that? Barry Horowitz making his syndicated debut or return, depending on how you want to look at it. Barry was here in the early 80s under other various names, but here using his real name here at this point as names like Jack Hart or even Barry Hart, as he had used before here in the WWF, and certainly Bret Hart, which he has also used in the past, would be too confusing for the WWF fans. Don't want too many hearts running around here, at least unrelated. So he is Barry Horowitz now, back in the WWF to take on Coco Beware here, as Coco leading off with some awesome drop kicks in an arm drag series, sending Horowitz to the outside. Then once back in the ring, it's Horowitz back with his own drop kick, but he slows things down as he gives us the old patented pat on the back from Barry Horowitz. There it is. But that moment of self-appreciation allows the Birdman to come back with another dropkick of his own. And then a missile dropkick off the top rope. Fucking dropkick mania running wild here this week in this matchup. Ghostbuster, though, going to end it all here. Coco Beware picking up the win in 1 minute and 41 seconds. Horowitz looking good. Great bumper and always where he needed to be. And uh, it's, it's refreshing to see Barry Horowitz here in the WWF as we're off to an update segment with Craig DeGeorge. It's the next event in the Million Dollar Man saga as we see now a clip of DiBiase post-match after a win over Dusty Wolf on a house show, Virgil removing one of the sweaty boots of the Million Dollar Man. DiBiase offering to pay a fan $100 to come in the ring and kiss his sweaty foot. And the fan... He does so before showing off that Chris Benjamin as he exits the ring. Wait a minute. That was no ordinary fan. You see, this house show took place on June 28th in Battle Creek, Michigan. Do you guys see where I'm going with this? That fan was none other than one Rob Zatkowski, better known to you all as Rob Van Dam. So there it is, RVD kissing the feet of the Million Dollar Man for $100 all the way back in 1987. And you can't make this stuff up. As we're off, more promo time here. Craig DeGeorge now, he's standing by with the Can-Am. No, wait, the Can-Am connection no more. Craig DeGeorge standing by with Rick Martell going solo. Well, Rick Martell, some major news here. Unbelievable. Your partner, the Can-Am connection, the other part, just quit. Out of the clear blue sky, he leaves. And I'm wondering, I know this hurts you deeply, both emotionally and physically, and if you can get it out for us, will the Islanders bring out the quit in you? Well, right now, it hurts me deep inside what has happened. You know, that when times got tough, my partner left me. But I'll tell you something, and I'll tell you something to you, Islanders. I am not a quitter. I'm a fighter. And yes, if I have to take on you, one by one, I will, because I'm going to finish what you started. Well, there it is. You guys heard it. Out of the clear blue sky, Rick Martell's partner has up and quit the WWF. Martell stating that when times got tough, his partner left the company. But Martell, he's no quitter. 
He will take the Islanders on one at a time, all at a time. Whatever he has to do, Rick Martel still here with the World Wrestling Federation. So it's been confirmed now on TV. We just saw him on Challenge last week, but the Can-Am connection no more. And the WWF didn't insult the fans and just ignore this like they do some of the other talent, like a Iron Sheik or a Hacksaw Duggan. Tom Zink is indeed gone. And they don't even bother to mention his name here. Not going to give him any free publicity. The Can-Am connection, no more. And how apropos we just heard from Rick Martel, formerly of the Can-Am connection. Now we see the team that he was feuding with in action here. It's the Islanders with Bobby the Brain Heenan taking on the team of Special Delivery Jones and Scott Casey as there are loud weasel chants. And we get an insert promo here from the Brain this week, but he's not talking Bam Bam Bigelow for once. Instead, Heenan mocking Rick Martel, telling him that he should have been smart and quit like his partner to avoid being hurt by his Islanders. And the bell rings two different times for some reason before the match gets going. SD Jones working the arm of Tama early on, but eats a jumping back elbow as the Islanders take over the matchup. Standing dropkick here from Haku almost jumps over the head of SD. Very impressive agility here from Haku. As Jones takes a beatdown, Scott Casey finally tagging in, running wild for a brief moment before both Islanders in, beating down the Cowboy. And Scott Casey getting dumped out of the ring as the Islanders, stereo jumping headbutts, diving down onto SD Jones. Jones the illegal man, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Tama makes the cover and gets the win for the Islanders here. Two minutes and 27 seconds. Islanders, really impressive here. Crazy to think that they've been sitting on the roster for almost a year. Finally doing something with them is the World Wrestling Federation as Rick Martel vows to keep coming at them for revenge. And for the short term, Martel going to have to find himself makeshift partners or do it solo. Either way, fun times ahead with Rick Martel here in the WWF. As we move on, we get a very intriguing piece of video footage. It's a music video set to Tom Petty featuring Jake the Snake Roberts's DDT. And they make it clear. This isn't a video just about Jake the Snake Roberts, although he is the one doing the move. This move was all about the DDT maneuver and just how quick and dangerous it was. So even though Jake can't wrestle here on television, he's suspended, remember, not at these TV tapings, at least in the ring, but he's still getting play here on TV because Jake, one of the hottest acts here in the late 80s of the WWF, and then it's back to the ring for the outlaw Ron Bass taking on leaping Lanny Poffo and Poffo with a poem before the matchup suggesting that Bass's bullwhip is named Betsy because the outlaw can't find himself a woman which only pisses Ron Bass off, who attacks Leaping Lanny. Can't say that I'm surprised there. The match spills to the outside where the outlaw hip-tosses Lanny Poffo on the floor, and then a hard body slam in the aisleway right on the concrete. I wrote, holy shit, Lanny Poffo taking a beating after his promo. Inside the ring, Lanny Poffo amounts a brief comeback, connecting with a dropkick and landing his moonsault finisher, but only going to get him a two-count here. As Lanny telegraphs a backdrop, and it's the outlaw's pedigree maneuver gonna get the win here for bass in just one minute and 29 seconds and then post-match outlaw ron with his old bullwhip gonna introduce miss betsy to lanny poffo here whipping it around the legs of poffo it actually wraps around the legs pretty cool tripping poffo up yanking his legs out from underneath him fun spot by ron bass and the match itself fun quick didn't need to be much longer that's for sure poffo gets payback for that poem it's almost genius-esque in a way because Talk about insulting your opponent. 
Pavel kind of asked for it here this week, and I think he knew that, which is why he sold so well for Ron Basson. Easily the most fun I've seen with the Outlaws so far here in the WWF. As once again, we see the same video we saw last week of Bam Bam Bigelow. Just another shot of that skull and head, that tattooed up skull of this crazy man Bigelow. And then back to the ring for the return of superstar Billy Graham. Going to get back in the ring here this week. He's all recovered from that hip replacement surgery, or so we hope. He's been rehabbing it. We've seen it week after week. And now the superstar is back in the ring, going to take on Steve Lombardi. And this return, no doubt, weeks, if not months in the making. And Billy Graham out here to Jesus Christ Superstar for his theme music. From Paradise Valley, Arizona, 268 pounds. He eats T-bone steaks. He lifts barbell plates. He's sweeter than a German chocolate cake. He's the man of the hour, the man with the power. He's too sweet to be sour. Ladies and gentlemen, it is superstar Billy Graham back in the ring and a little pre-match pose as he is over as all hell with this crowd. Billy Graham quickly launches Steve Lombardi out of the ring. Tremendous bump there by Lombardi to sell the strength of superstar Graham. Graham going to follow Lombardi outside and drive him down into the timekeeper's table and then back in the ring right away. Graham locking in a sleeper hold. Somebody better tell Brudeye. Graham going to pick up the win here in one minute and 18 seconds. So the tie-dye is back. And I mean, Ken Patera has the bear hug. Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules have the full Nelson. So what's next on the list? What's an easy move for Graham to do? Well, Beefcake has the sleeper, but somebody obviously forgot to tell Billy Graham. And Steve Lombardi bumped his ass off here for the superstar. But Graham, he was clearly struggling, just walking to the ring, walking around the ring, uh, following Lombardi around ringside. So this is definitely... Not going to wind up being a long-term ordeal superstar Graham back in the ring, but it was very cool to see him here and listen to that crowd. Graham was over. Former WWWF champion back in town as we're off to Craig DeGeorge. Where the hell is he? He's standing on some form of a, a platform of sorts here. Going to interview the doctor of style slick and the natural Butch Reed. As the natural says, he wasn't impressed with that matchup by superstar Graham because Graham... He's simply not a natural man. What are you implying there, Butch Reed? Reed then doing some flexing and posing for the camera as Slick says he's not impressed nor intimidated by Superstar Graham. Butch Reed asking Graham, has he ever pressed a man over his head like Reed does, driving him down to the mat, breaking his back? All he did here was use a sleeper. Butch then issuing a challenge to the Superstar for a pose down in the ring face-to-face here next week on Superstars. And we'll have that response from Graham later in this edition of the show. And this Butch Reed promo also marked the debut of, are you ready for it, guys? I mentioned it briefly, the interview platform. You know, we get so used to seeing things that WWF produced so well. We've seen it so much, used so often, we never realized there's a starting point for everything. And this week, right here on Superstars, marks the debut of the old interview platform, the special interviews we used to see back behind the fans so that everybody could get a look at what was going on. Really good job here by the WWF. Something so simple, so easy to put together, but it works. It's very helpful here. Gives them a platform, no pun intended, so that the fans can see what's going on there. And speaking of what's going on, tag team action going on in the ring with the Killer Bees. Jumping Jim Brunzel, B. Brian Blair, taking on the team of Iron Mike Sharp and Tiger Chung Lee as the Bees going to rock their masks this week. 
So it's going to be mask confusion all match long. The same mask they used to beat the tag team champions, Heart Foundation, at their own game a few weeks back as well, pinning the Heart Foundation, non-title action, of course. But the Bees have to be considered number one contenders here as we get an insert promo from Dangerous Danny Davis. Davis stating that if he were still referee, he wouldn't allow the Bees to wear the masks in the ring. Davis doesn't like things that are illegal, and those Bees masks are illegal. Whatever you say, Danny. What about the shadows? And the Bees here this week working over their opponents most of the way through the matchup. Chung Lee not moving at the pace he needed to be as Tiger totally blows a Brunzel dropkick while trying to hop over a Brian Blair dropdown. Tiger Chung Lee just not in the right place at the right time. So what does Brunzel do? Picks Tiger back up and just lands a second dropkick, which does connect. It wasn't pretty, but they got the win. Killer Bees. Winners here again this week, three minutes and 39 seconds. And with the Rockers in and out so quickly and the Can-Am connection now also done here in the WWF, the Bees, you have to think they slide in as the natural number one contenders, at least for the moment. And let that sink in just for a minute, guys. The Killer Bees are the top babyface tag team right now. But at least the mass confusion stuff gets some response from the fans. As up next, we see a WWF fundraisers ad before it finally takes off. Yes, sir, no more hemming and hawing. It's time for the Battle of Bam Bam, as in the Battle for Bam Bam Bigelow, which means very soon several managers are going to start being eliminated one by one, week after week, until we find out who the true manager is of this Bam Bam Bigelow. But here it is for the first time, the Battle for Bam Bam. We're going to hear from all five managers who claim to be in contention. What you're going to be hearing from, uh, well, every prospective manager that wants to land Bam Bam Bigelow in his stable. Here's what the managers are saying to Bam Bam. <laughs> Bam Bam will sign with me, Mr. Fuji, because I have the power, and you, Bam Bam, will have nice pink on face like Mr. Fuji. <laughs> oh, yo, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow, you ought to be signing with me because I hold the key. To success, brother! Hey, Bam Bam, I managed the World Tag Team Champions, the Heart Foundation. And don't forget about the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man. That's right, Bam Bam Bigelow. You need to sign with the mouth. Bam Bam Bigelow signed up unless it's Johnny B. Hey, why not? It would be worth it to me. Worth it just to see the look on British Beefcake's face when JV's got the Bigelow. Ha, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You know, it's very simple why Bam Bam Bigelow should sign with me. I'm the greatest manager of professional wrestling. I've taken my men to the, the, the height of professional wrestling. I've made more money for these men out of time. Wait a minute. Don't wrap me up. I'm not out of time. I have a lot more to say out here. All right, Jess, who do you think is going to wind up with Bam Bam? Well, I feel but Bobby Heenan ran out of time. That's not fair. So it's Fuge, Slick, Jimmy Hart, Johnny V, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And like I said soon, Bigelow going to start eliminating the managers one by one each week until we learn who the manager of Bigelow really is. And they're actually going to use Jesse Ventura to deliver those messages to the managers. So it's going to be fun as the battle for Bam Bam has kicked off. Then to the ring, time for one more match here on Superstars. Macho Man Randy Savage, a lovely Elizabeth in his corner, taking on Omar Atlas as Macho in control early on. Savage trying for a slam, but little Omar shifting his weight, kicking his legs in the air, causing himself to fall on top of the Macho Man. And Savage gets upset and he bails out of the ring to regroup. But once back inside the Macho Man, dropping Omar across the top rope and the diving elbow. Going to pick up the win here for the Macho Man in just two minutes 
and two seconds. And as promised, as we close out this edition of Superstars here this week, we're going to hear from a superstar. No, we're going to hear from the superstar, as in Billy Graham. Will he accept the challenge of the natural Butch Reed? That's right, superstar Billy Graham right here. I did it. I came back stronger than ever. I conquered a hospital bed. I conquered a wheelchair. The doctor said I couldn't do it. But the people brought me back. I wanted to hear the yell. I wanted to hear the scream. I wanted to see the pandemonium. And I did it, and I felt it. And now, Mr. Natural Butch Reed, superstar Billy Graham, I do accept your challenge next week for the pose down because I fear no man. I fear no man walking the face of the earth. And superstar Billy Graham has the pythons, and the pythons are And there it is, Superstar Graham accepting the challenge of Butch Reed for a pose down here next week on TV, right here on the Superstars of Wrestling, as we're off to Wrestling Challenge for July 26th, now taped July 16th, Lake Placid, New York, at the Olympic Center, and the the still-in-the-neck-brace Bobby Heenan, of course, joined on commentary here by Gorilla Monsoon, and to the ring for Ken Patera, going to take on Al Navarro, first time we've seen or heard from Kenny here this week on the grenade. Navarro really trimming down here. Got himself a haircut as well. All new look here for Al Navarro. All for the better as well. Patera out rocking that Olympic theme music again. So they're really starting to change up Patera, giving him some bells and whistles to go along with just being the Olympic strongman or returning from prison. As Kenny scoops up the big Navarro like he's nothing and places him over the top rope and onto the apron before knocking him off the apron out to the floor and then following him outside, ramming him into the guardrail. Well, that was kind of violent for a baby face. Then back inside, Patera with the jerk slam, the old body toss launching Navarro across the ring. Patera then looking to finish off the match, but he's not going for the bear hug here this week. Instead, it looks like Patera might be waiting for... Uh Uh-oh, sounds like Bobby Heenan knows what's coming here. Patera waiting for Navarro to get up and locking in the full Nelson. Billy Jack Haynes, Hercules, now Kim Patera too. No, Patera going to take it that extra step. You guys know what's coming now. Heenan acts surprised and scared at the same time because he knows what's coming next. Ken Patera locks it in. The swinging neckbreaker. It's back, guys, after years laying dormant. Ken Patera's been gone from the company. The spinning full Nelson, as I like to call it. Going to get the submission win here in one minute and 51 seconds as Bobby Heenan states that He thought that move was barred from wrestling. It's caused more neck and spine damage than any other move in wrestling history. And now, apparently, it's been okayed. It's back in Kim Patera's repertoire. And they're really trying to find the things to ramp up Patera's character here. The theme music. He's back to the old Olympic body suits. The old awesome finisher now. I always love this swinging neckbreaker hold. And even with all the new smoke and mirrors, Patera just isn't, quote-unquote, the guy for this type of story, but they're determined. I'll give them that much as Patera pointing and staring at Bobby Heenan on commentary after the matchup. And now it's back. It's been legalized again. That spinning full Nelson, the swinging neckbreaker. What a violent move as we're off to special report. And Craig DeGeorge, once again, going to talk a little more about the demise of the Can-Am connection. Hello everyone, big story here in the I Can't Believe It category. The up and rising Can-Am connection disconnected. In an absolute shocker to everyone, Rick Martel's partner quit. Out of the clear blue, he just left. Now leaving the defunct team's goal to battle the Islanders on the squared shoulders of Rick Martel. 
Yes, when the competition got to be too much against the Islanders and my partner left me, quit on me, yes, I felt bad inside. I was hurt. But the Islanders, you're going to learn a lesson that I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. Yes, I may be alone, but I'm going to come at you 100%, even if I have to go through one by one. All right, great to see Rick Martel's determination. Bobby Heenan and the Islanders, however, don't appear to be too impressed. In fact, they've been laughing it up these days, taking credit for the demise of their rival tag team. Well, there is no longer a Can-Am connection. One of them got smart, one of them quit, put his tail between his legs and ran and hid. You see, Martel, you can learn a lesson. If you think you're gonna go it alone, you're badly mistaken. If you think you're gonna find a partner or even bring your parents or the National Guard or somebody else to help you, forget it. These are my Islanders and they can't be beat. There is no longer a Can-Am connection. There's just a can and that's what's gonna get kicked, Martel, your can. <laughs> Well, that remains to be seen, but we do know Martel plans to look ahead now to continue his pursuit, perhaps, in a one-on-one -on -one fashion against the Islanders. And who knows, if the right person is available, Rick Martel may again use his talents in the tag team division. With this special report, I'm Craig DeGeorge. So there it is. The Can-Am connection have disconnected, it would appear. Martel's partner quit when the going got tough as Bobby Heenan and the Islanders gloating there about running Zenk off. The brain stating that Martel won't find a new partner because the Islanders can't be beat. And I love the line Bobby Heenan stating, there's no more Can-Am, it's just a can now, which is going to get kicked. And it's highly unusual for the World Wrestling Federation and the WWF standards as they usually just ignore when someone departs, but we get it again here this week on Challenge this time. And of course, once again, they make sure to bury Tom Zink without actually putting his name out there. As we're back to the ring to see another team in action, it's Demolition Axe and Smash, along with Mr. Fuji taking on the team of Scott Casey and Steve Douglas. We get an insert promo here from Mr. Fuji, still boasting about that Bam Bam Bigelow, but Bobby Heenan on commentary says that Fuji is a liar. He's the one who has Bam Bam signed as Scott Casey on top of the demos early on, but flubs and up and over in the corner on Smash and the Demolition taking control after an obvious edit in the matchup. Axe then blasting Steve Douglas when he comes in with a back elbow under the chin, and he nails him so hard it causes Bobby and Gorilla to pop on commentary for it, just busting Douglas across the chin with a back elbow there from Bill Eady as the demos mangle poor Douglas, who appears to be out of his league here as far as training goes, doesn't really know exactly what he's doing in there with the demolition. Axe doesn't have a problem with it, though, stiffing Douglas with a nasty left clothesline, and then smash! Gonna follow that up with a hot shot before it's the demolition decapitation and they did it all in just one minute and 10 seconds demolition picking up another win here in the world wrestling federation as we're off to a very special interview now means gene oakland conducting this one it's our very first look and listen here on the grenade of one of the latest arrivals to the world wrestling federation i'm talking about ravishing rick rude all right over the weeks i've talked about the tremendous talent that we see arrive at the World Wrestling Federation. It was no surprise to me and other experts, matchmakers, promoters, that this name would pop up in the World Wrestling Federation. He is from Minneapolis. He is my guest at this time. I feel there's a, an association between him and Bobby the Brain Heenan. 
I'd like to welcome to the World Wrestling Federation officially, Ravishing Rick Root. Well, thank you very much, little man. And I would say that it's a little bit more than just an association between me and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Well, tell me all about it. Just exactly what is the alignment between Bobby Heenan and yourself? The alignment between Bobby Heenan and myself is a whole lot of cash, little man. You know what that means? That means Ravishing Rick Rude, the sexiest superstar in professional wrestling, is going to be driving in big, long limousines, riding in the back, you understand. All right, well, let me point out one thing, Mr. Rude. In all due respect, Bobby Heenan has been prone to making promises to others in the World Wrestling Federation, most recently the Islanders. But before that, Andre the Giant. He promised Andre the Giant a lot of, a lot of long green and even a heavyweight championship, and sorry to say, it did not happen. We don't want to talk about the past, Gene. What we want to talk about is the future. And right now, the future of professional wrestling is right here. Ravishing Rick Root and my manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And you know, and I know, and the whole world knows, is the number one manager alive. Well, he is a very, very good one. Rick Rude, when you assess the competition, the high level of competition in the World Wrestling Federation, you've got to be impressed. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage. That's right. And those, Gene, are two of the names that are going to be going down. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, and anyone else who gets in my way. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. And there it was, Rick Rude making his WWF TV debut here as Mean Gene addresses that Rick has aligned himself apparently with Bobby the Brain Heenan, which Rude admits to the little man that it's all about the cash. And that's why he signed with the Heenan family. Gene trying to remind Rick Rude of Bobby Heenan's past failed promises, like with Andre the Giant winning the title at WrestleMania 3. But Rude reminds Okerlund that this ain't about the past. It's about the future, Gene. And Rick Rude is the future. Love that line here. As the ravishing one, he has the look, he can work, and he can clearly talk, as you guys heard just now. A total package and already looking good here in his spot in the WWF as we're off to yet another in a long line of million-dollar man vignettes. Again, back to the house shows, this time DiBiase paying a female fan $100 to wipe the sweat off his body, which she does by eventually rubbing herself all over the million-dollar man. So Ted DiBiase still throwing his money around, proving that everybody's got a price to be humiliated, do whatever he asks him to do, in this instance, for 100 bucks. And then back to the ring, George the Animal Steel going to take on the Gladiator. So old ring crew Rick Hunter still being used here as the Gladiator. And the Gladiator attacking the animal, but quickly getting tossed to the outside before it's turnbuckle snack time for George Steele here. Steele then tossing some stuffing into the Gladiator's face before damn near ripping his mask off. Steele really working hard to rip the mask off the Gladiator. Never gets it off, though. As Gorilla randomly, I don't really get the joke here, suggests that maybe it's Haku under the hood. Sure, Gorilla. And the giant machine was Giant Baba. George then working the arm of the Gladiator briefly before it's the Flying Hammerlock. Going to pick up the win here in 2 minutes and 33 seconds for the animal. And now we're off to yet another promo. We've already heard from Rick Rude here this week. What's up next? Why, it's Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with the Birdman, Coco Beware, who brings a harmonica here with him this week all right here we go again i don't care if it's in new york city at madison square garden the cow palace in san francisco the omni in atlanta 
the sports arena in Los Angeles, the World Wrestling Federation is making its move across the country and around the globe. And one of the truly exciting, one of the brilliant young superstars in the World Wrestling Federation today from Union City, Tennessee, plays a mean harmonica, a mean mouth organ, Coco Beware. Oh, yeah. How you doing this week? Mm, I feel good. Oh, yes, I do. I wonder if I can something out of Frankie. Yeah. Frankie, how you feeling this week? Oh, Frankie, it feels fine, brother. Because we ain't wasting no time. You know, a lot of things happening here in the Woo. World Wrestling Federation. I know for a fact, Coco Beware, that you have unfinished business with dangerous Danny Davis, mm. that former referee Amen. who is now part of the... The Heart Foundation. Amen. But do you see that the talent that comes into this this World Wrestling Federation on just virtually a weekly basis, it seems like it gets bigger and badder Woo! all the time. And uh, I love it, me Gene. And I'm referring Woo! to the one-man gang. It. The one-man gang mm. from Chicago is here. Have you ever seen anybody quite so big? No, 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 no. And I don't want to see him because he's so big. I don't want to put the 747 down on me. You ever seen him when he hit the ropes and come off? I've, I've seen him. Of course mm. I've seen him. Well, I'm telling you, too, ain't too many guys been able to get up. Well, he displays awesome <laughs> strength, but then at nearly seven feet tall, nearly 500 pounds, he should. Coco, beware. Things going for you. You're on a roll. You're red hot and loving. I'm flying all over the world with the World Wrestling Federation. Whoa! Come out and Here's see Here's something her. else. Coco, beware. And mascot Frankie. And stay tuned. We're going to be right back. So there it is, Coco rocking the harmonica and doing a damn good job at it, I should add. And we're talking Danny Davis and apparently the one-man gang as well. That sounds like a mismatch. But Coco references the 747 splash of the one-man gang, which if Coco had actually been watching the matches, he'd know that gang hasn't used that finisher here one time in the WWF. Yet, anyway. As we are then treated to a Little Beaver vignette, we see Little Beaver enjoying an ice cream bar here. He says he uses it to cool off every time he gets hot, thinking about what King Kong Bundy did to him at WrestleMania 3. So we're still harping on that. Are we, Little Beaver? And then it's back to the ring. Killer Khan out here. Mr. Fuji in his corner going to take on David Studemeyer. Is Khan with some traditional sumo rituals shortly before attacking and mauling poor Studemeyer. And it's one hard, nasty, loud chop going to drop Studemeyer down to the mat. And then from there, Khan with a thrust kick, Fuji distracting the referee, allowing Killer to lay in the green mist, and a backbreaker going to put Studemeyer in place for the top rope knee drop. Killer Khan picking up the win, 2 minutes and 58 seconds, and no mistake, Khan using that green mist in every match right now to get it over, and to get the Killer over for his matches with Hulk Hogan on the house shows. Up next here on Challenge, in case you got the Hogan-Khan snake pit on Superstars, we see the Mr. T and Danny Davis snake pit now here on Wrestling Challenge just to make sure everyone sees the goings-on between Dangerous Danny and Mr. T. Thank heavens for that. And then off to the ring for Jim Powers and Paul Roma back together as a team after about a month separated. And this time out, they're going to take on the fun duo of Steve Lombardi and Barry Horowitz. Powers and Roma in control early on and looking good with the basics until Lombardi Counters a Roma reverse monkey flip by stomping him right between the eyes. Then the heel's going to take over on Pretty Paul after a Lombardi gut buster. Horowitz then in the ring with some snug moves as well, including a thrust kick and a knee lift well placed. Bobby Heenan putting Barry over until Horowitz misses a middle rope leg drop 
And then it's hot tag time to partner Jimmy Powers. And you hear like maybe two people scream in the crowd. So the fans not really into this one, but, and there's really been nothing wrong with the action, but just a little, maybe a little bland, I guess. Powers in with a nice Powers slam. See what I did there on Barry Horowitz, but Steve Lombardi in to break up the cover. Gorilla Monsoon now also putting over Barry Horowitz at this point in the matchup. Is Barry back in control, hooking Powers in a front face lock, but misses the blind tag to Paul Roma, who comes sailing in off the top rope. Sunset flip onto Horowitz, and Paul Roma going to pick up the win here for the future Young Stallions. Powers and Roma go over in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. And we've seen the soon-to-be-named Young Stallions beat the shadows on some house show matches that have aired on Primetime Wrestling, but this marks their first official pinfall win on syndicated TV. And they're back together at the TV tapings, and it looks like the WWF going to take that next step with them after all. Four months in the making, Powers and Roma celebrating their first big syndicated win here on Wrestling Challenge. And up next, boy, they're going to make use of this thing in a hurry. It's Craig DeGeorge standing by with a special interview on the platform yet again, this time on Challenge. Craig DeGeorge going to interview Bobby the Brain Heenan, who introduces the king, Harley Race, to the peasant fans here. And with Piper's Pit gone and Missy's Manor clearly not happening, the WWF made the call to move the secondary interview segment, the Snake Pit, over from Wrestling Challenge to WWF Superstars. And since we've gotten some backstage interviews by Craig DeGeorge from time to time in its place here on Challenge, apparently now the special interview platform going to replace where the Snake Pit was here on Wrestling Challenge in the past. And the very first guest, well, we know it was Butch Reed on Superstars, And here on Challenge, it's the king, Harley Race, along with manager Bobby Heenan. As Harley Race, he doesn't ask the fans, but rather demands the fans get up on their feet and bow to him in servitude. And uh, from there, it's a fairly generic promo here with basic heel comments being made by the king, trying to get over his gimmick, which he's already had now for over a year. Bobby Heenan then claiming that Harley will cap off his career as the next WWF champion which was kind of weird because race really, he hasn't done anything of note on TV since like WrestleMania three with the dog. And he's worked Hogan once, if not twice on most of the house show markets and at least every major market. And this interview just feels like they said, Hey, Harley hasn't done anything in a while. Let him go out there and talk for a couple of minutes. This really didn't go anywhere at all. And here we go back to the ring. It's the one man gang slick in his corner. Going to take on Eric Cooper. So apparently it was a different squash I was thinking of last week on the grenade. But rest assured, the gang did go over there. But here it is this week. The gang going to take on Eric Cooper as we get an insert promo from the Slickster, upset with the manager's laying claim to Bam Bam Bigelow when the brother is his. Bobby Heenan claiming on commentary that Slick is just jealous because it's the brain who has Bam Bam. Back to the action as the gang dominates from bell to bell, landing the gourd buster and scoring the win here in 1 minute and 37 seconds. As we close out this edition of Wrestling Challenge, one more promo lined up this week. This time, Mean Gene standing by with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, tag team champions, the Hart Foundation, as well as the intercontinental champion, the Honky Tonk Man. 
All right, we've got the Hart Foundation here in full force this week. Jimmy Hart, come on in. You've got to be living in a veritable <laughs> pressure cooker. You've got the Intercontinental Champion of the World. You've got the Tag Team Champions. And a lot of men, by the way, camping on their back doorstep. You know, they want a shot at the champions, Jimmy. You better believe it. They're jealous. It's jealousy. But you see, we have open contracts. Look at my little black book. Look at the names in here. You got the Killer Bees. Hey, we got an open contract. Wait, you wait, got wait. the Islanders, the Demolition. The list goes on and on, baby. We don't run from anybody, Mean Gene. That's very impressive. Let's bring them in. Tag Team Jim Champions the of the World, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Jim the Apple Knight. You know something, Jimmy, you said jealousy. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Ever since the Hart Foundation has become world champion, all of a sudden, everyone's wearing pink. Why is this? I haven't. Because they're jealous! They're jealous of what we've got. They're just downright greedy. Can I, can I bring up some... Tony wears pink. Can I bring up some names, gentlemen? The Rougeau brothers, the Killer Bees... Oh, yes, there are more. The fabulous Rougeau brothers. Have you, have you noticed the fabulous Rougeaus? Bulldogs. Revenge of the Nerds. Where are the Bulldogs? Yeah, where are the Bulldogs, here. that stupid dog? You know where they are? They're gone. They're out of here. Hightail it out of here. The history. Then you got who else? Who else is there? Well, there's just... Well, killer bees? You gonna call kill bees a threat to the world champions? Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Why is it that every member of the Hart Foundation is a world champion? All the belts are ours. <laughs> what about Danny Davis? Danny Davis, I don't know. He might win the junior heavyweight championship. How do you know, big man? All right, here he is. The hockey talk man, the intercontinental... The newest member of the foundation. Let's put it that way. The intercontinental champion of the world, the hockey talk man. Mm, mm, mm. Now, you were naming names a while ago of who could beat who. Name somebody that can beat the honky tonk man. Oh, I could I could tell you a list of top contenders. Tell me, they have got to be. time, Gene. Come on, you got over a minute left. Name someone for the honky tonk man. Run them down. How about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? How about Tito Santana? How about Jake the Snake Roberts? I can go on and on all day long. <laughs> yeah, well, why don't you give me a little history lesson? Where are they? They're Why here. aren't they around challenging the honky-tonk man? They're alive and well in the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation. But they're afraid to challenge me now because of what I did to them in the past. See, Jake the Snake, he felt this right here. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, he felt this right here. Tito Santana, he felt this one right here. And they're not around anymore. There's nobody can beat me. I'm unbeatable now. I'm unstoppable. The Hart Foundation's on a roll. We're like a roller coaster. We're up and we're down and we're rolling 55. We're staying alive. That's just the kind of thinking that may bring you down from the throne as the intercontinental champion oh, when you're that me, confident let me just say this i know thousands of cards and letters are coming in they want to send donations the donations go to the hart foundation and we will use that money wisely thank you very much <laughs> all right jimmy hart the hart foundation and the honky talk band the intercontinental champion so jimmy hart talking the hart foundation's open contracts they don't discriminate makes you wonder how the killer bees haven't got that title shot after pinning the hearts here in a non-title matchup on television the Anvil claiming that everyone is jealous of the champs as the Hart Foundation began running down all of the other teams here in the WWF from their honky-tonk man coming into the interview area. Mean Gene wanting to talk potential challengers for the honky-tonk man, including the likes of Ricky Steamboat, the former champion, Tito Santana, also a former Intercontinental Champion, and of course his uh, recent feud with Jake the Snake Roberts. But honky-tonk, he says everyone's afraid to get back in the ring with him, and that's why he will remain the IC Champion for a long time to come. And what a troop Jimmy Hart has right now. He's got the tag team champions. He's got the intercontinental champion. But Mean Gene wants to know, what about Danny Davis? His heart quips, maybe he'll win the junior heavyweight championship. So no more aspirations for Davis versus Hulk Hogan. And I'm kind of bummed because I'm standing by it, guys. Another fun match. 
uh, for uh, Saturday night's main event. As we have one more piece of business to run through here this week before we close out this edition of The Grenade and essentially close out the month of July here in 1987 as well. Going to be back with August next time here on The Grenade as the summer of 87 will continue to go on. But before we get there, we have to finish up here with Primetime Wrestling for July 27th, hosted again by Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Going to throw you guys to an intro, and I spliced together a couple little wraparounds as well. All ties in together here, as the Brain and the Gorilla are going to talk the fiasco with Bobby's doctor from last week. Gorilla stating that he has brought in his own doctor here this week to look at the x-rays of Bobby Heenan. Also, a lot of talk of the newcomer, Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. And I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Primetime Wrestling. Boy, have we got a blockbuster lined up for you here this week. We're going to take a, taking a look at the Macho Man Randy Savage, and you know that Elizabeth is always close by. Yeah. And we're going to be going to Studio G later on. What's the G stand for? G stands for Gorilla. Oh, you've got your own studio now. Well, it's not named B for Brain. Should be. Unfortunately, you, a true statement finally came from those lips of yours. You know, I, I put you to the test now. How many months now, Brain? Over a year. I've delivered. You haven't delivered one time. I had my doctor here from Dusseldorf, Germany. That piece uh, of garbage? That was my doctor. All you've done is made fun of him. He had He's a yo-yo in his left. bag. I looked down, I saw a yo-yo down. I made two yo-yos. Well, you have your doctor he here He was today? one and he was... You know, I won't be able to do the uh, whole show with you. I think I'm going to have to lay down. Yeah. Not feeling well. I put you on the spot here about the last two or three weeks with the question about Bam Bam Bigelow. Whether or not you could, in fact, prove your statement that you had the guy inked. I've got him. You've got him. Do you want proof? Yeah. I'm going to give you some proof. Okay. Be the first time. Roll it. And you, you fountain of misinformation. What? You proved nothing. With that piece of footage did, did that you stole. Did anybody else come from, up and show you any footage? Nobody else said has that they footage. had any footage. I had footage. But everybody and their grandmother has laid claim to but Bam Bam Bigelow. who delivered the film footage? Hmm. Of what? It, did, it didn't even up. show the guy's size. All it showed was a bald head with some kind of he has tattoos, tattoos on, his head. on his head. It's his style. But I got him. Nobody else should, uh, is there with him. No one else got pictures of him. No one's got film of him. The little runt said, you better be careful what you say. Well, I, I was going to ask you if you thought that Bam Bam Bigelow was more impressive than One Man Gang. Oh. Not. One Man Gang is impressive, but not like Bigelow. Bigelow can move. He can move like the bees. He can move like the islanders. He's that quick for a man 397 pounds. Well, then obviously, if you didn't watch the match, you didn't hear the commentary of luscious Johnny V, who claimed that you are literally full of prunes, that it is indeed he who has Bam Bam locked up. Did you hear that? Luscious what? Johnny, Fuji, Slick, Jimmy Hart, everybody else. I have Bam Bam Bigelow. Just like you have a bad neck. Exactly. Right. So they will be off once again to Studio G here later this week. The G apparently stands for Gorilla. Makes sense. Bobby's doctor, that piece of garbage. There were two yo-yos here last week, says Gorilla Monsoon. Of course, the brain and the one in the doctor's bag. Then from there, it was more questioning of Bobby Heenan signing, supposedly signing Bam Bam Bigelow, as the footage has shown of Bam Bam's head yet again. But what does that prove, Gorilla wants to know? Everybody 
has laid claim to Bam Bam Bigelow, and nobody has shown the proof. Bobby's stating that he has Bigelow like his neck is injured. Exactly. Monsoon not buying anything here, and they're really working this Bigelow character hard, and we haven't even seen more than a flame tattoo head at this point. So talk about hype. Nobody can argue that there weren't big plans for Bam Bam Bigelow. As I got one final soundbite this week here on The Grenade, it's our final soundbite of primetime as well. Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon going to sit down with Gorilla's doctor here this time, going to discuss the neck injury of one Bobby Heenan. Listen, I, much as I'd love to go see your sawbones, you going she somewhere? asked me if I'd make a personal appearance. You are going to make a personal appearance. At an appearance. orphanage in Springville, New York. There's a bunch of kids that like to see me, and mm-hmm. I think that's a little more important than going to the doctor. So if you don't mind... You know, the only place you're going is over to Studio G with me in just a few moments here. And break those little kids' hearts. As opposed to breaking your left arm. Which would you rather do? Sorry, kids. <clears throat> I didn't think so. In fact, you all saw what went down here last week when this fountain of misinformation brought on that Dusseldorf dingo. What was his name again? Never mind. Von Hare? Let's go. We're going to take you right now over to Studio G. Get ready. We're going to make a move. You know why I have to be here. Too bad. You're here. That's all it counts. Folks, uh, once again, welcome to our special interview area. Uh, I want to apologize right off the bat once again for last week's fiasco here in this. You caused it. I caused it. Insulted that man. Specialist. That man with his medical knowledge. Please. That goofball from Dusseldorf that you brought in here with a duck sound under his arm? Give me a break, brain. I, you know, I shouldn't I have, have to be out here. That just shows you what kind of a You're part of this got. program, are you not? Yes, but I don't have to be insulted. I don't know what you got coming out here. You don't know what I got. I'd like to tell you at this particular point in time and tell all you folks out there watching primetime this week. We have, in fact, one of the premier doctors from New York City and a dear friend of mine. I'd like to bring him out at this time, Dr. George Nelson. Doctor, welcome. How do you do, Mr. Monson? Welcome to Primetime Wrestling. Nice to be here. Bobby DeBrain Heenan, please sit down. How do you do, Mr. Heenan? Not Pleasure too well, to meet you. Not too well. Well, he claims he's not Sorry doing to too that. well, Doc. Uh, I, I've been claiming now for several months that this guy's been gold bricking, and he contends that he has a serious neck injury. He tried to prove it here last week on Primetime Wrestling, but bringing in some fictitious person. That man's a specialist. No doubt you've heard of Herr Dr. von Brandenburg. No, I'm uh, sorry, Mr. Heenan, I haven't. Uh, you just don't get around then, I don't know. Well, well he maybe he does. Possibly practices always in Europe, I'm not sure. I haven't met him at conventions, the international conventions. They did, in fact, uh, Dr. Nelson, bring these x rays with them Thank last you. week. Thank you, I'd like to examine them. Stating those. that they were the most current x rays of the brain's neck. I had a little problem with that. Hmm. Uh, I would like you to take a quick look at them. And well. I can tell you the person in these x-rays has definitely sustained some very serious injuries to the cervical vertebrae. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there are two hairline cracks, hairline now, they're not yet healed, in the uh, pedicle of two of the vertebrae. Uh, <laughs> that, by the way, these injuries would seriously affect the nerves and the muscles of the neck. You're not It'd be bad, very, very, very painful. You're not bad at all. Look, However, uh, Mr. Heenan, uh, I should you, point out, this, yes. N- yeah, this one. I'd like Get to away from the neck area mm. here a little bit and look right down. What, what does this tell you? Well, I was coming right to that because uh, the person in these x-rays is not you, Mr. Heenan. You mean not me? Well, not at all. This is a young woman, I would say, age 21 <laughs> to 25 <laughs> from the bone structure. Well, then he switched them on me. He switched x-rays on me. Well, I had legitimate x-rays out here. Every time I brought them, I had legitimate x-rays. Those well, are, I know in fact, is these are the x-rays of a young woman. 
in her 20s, and she has sustained injuries to the neck. Those are, in fact, the x-rays that that Butte from Dusseldorf. This doesn't look like a woman to me. Last well, week. It is. Let uh, me ask you this, Dr. Nelson. Could you, uh, in the short time we have, could you physically uh, take a look huh. at the brain's neck and, and try to give us some idea of whether there is indeed mm-hmm. some kind of an injury involved? Oh, I'm not putting, you know, do oh, no, don't get off that chair. You're not putting your hands on me. Jerk well, me just, around and hurt no, my no, neck. No, again. No, it's I not going to not, it's not gonna jerk you around. I'm just going to take a look. You are a doctor. Oh, of course I am. Why don't you turn this way a little if bit? You wouldn't mind, let shot me. Uh, That's it. Just you can take that off. Though. You guys really there we need are. that anyway. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I'll be very word. gentle. Let me just feel the muscles and Look how they react. Neck uh-huh. uh-huh. Would you mind turning your head just a little bit Not this way? Too far, Doc. Give us no. an hour. That's all right. Ooh. Oh, there's okay. an Yeah. Thank you. Get the who's uh, and ahs in there. Well, I would like to see the x-rays, of course. I'm sure you but, would. Uh, could you say, could you, in your mm-hmm. own professional opinion, could you make a statement saying that mm. this guy does or does not, in fact, have some kind of a neck injury? I think I could. You see, I've just tested some of his neurological reactions and muscular reactions to my fingers here. And I would say, to borrow a phrase you used a few moments ago, it's not medical, but it'll do. I think he's a gold brick. Oh, and what? I, I love no, it. first of all, I don't have to well, stand no. out here and take any guff from you Look or you or anybody else. Your neck. No, no, you, there is an injury to my no, neck. No, no, no. I'll see you in court. I'll have every problem. lawyer, I'll have everybody in the world disbar you and have you. You'll be pumping gas in Newark, pal. I'm hurting. I'm hurt 100%. Care what the hell you say. Oh, look at He got very excited and I'm forgot. sorry. I didn't mean to upset He forgot, in fact, that he had taken off his neck brace. He was functioning quite nicely without it, as was my uh, intention all the time that he is not injured. Doc, I want to thank you very much for enlightening me and enlightening all our primetime viewers. Well, thank you very much. appreciate you for taking your valuable time. Pleasure to be here. I'm sorry I'm saying that way, though. And we'll be back in just a moment. And we started that soundbite, Bobby Heenan trying to weasel his way out of it, but after a little, we'll call it encouragement from Gorilla Monsoon, off to Studio G they go, where Gorilla has a real doctor. Take a look at Bobby Heenan's x-rays. It's Dr. George Nelson of New York, who says the cervical vertebrae x-rays show two cracks in the neck. The problem is, the person in the x-ray is a young woman. It can't be Bobby Heenan. As the doctor takes a look, removes the neck brace of one Bobby the Brain going to check the neck. And in his professional opinion, using the words of Gorilla Monsoon, he does believe the brain is gold-bricking here. He's faking it. There's no injury at all. Heenan, in a rage, jumping up, no-selling his neck, throwing a tantrum, and stomps off the set, not realizing he's without that neck brace, which further ensures Gorilla Monsoon this thing is all a work from Bobby Heenan. And perhaps he was faking it all along. And I get the comedy, and it's been fun here, Bobby Heenan milking this neck injury, if you will, with the neck brace for several months now. But I hate that they imply that, that maybe Heenan was never hurt to begin with because that initial spot with Ken Patera snapping Heenan's neck with that belt was just an awesome bump by Bobby Heenan and job well done. So I, I think we go with the initial diagnosis of a sprained neck, as Bobby Heenan stated when we started this entire thing several months ago. And then later in the primetime program, and this one's fun, so I wanted to bring it up here. I want you guys to go check out this episode if you can, July 27th of primetime. They do another bit. Bobby Heenan finally returning to the primetime set with a new black neck brace, and we'll find out where the white one went in just a second. The two men shoot to a match, but then coming back from that match, Gorilla Monsoon appears to be reading the WWF magazine. He has it up over his face, so you can't really see him. 
And when he pulls it down, it's Gorilla Monsoon wearing the white neck brace. He's hurt too now. Two guys in neck braces here on primetime, and I hadn't seen this in so long. I didn't know it was coming. I thought it was a little weird. Gorilla Monsoon had the magazine over his face trying to read it, but when he pulled it down, it all made sense, mocking the brain by wearing a neck brace. Well, I'm hurt too now, brain, so you've got to run the show. So it's the usual LOL here by Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, and again, I wasn't expecting it, so I popped. And as we close up the month of July, the WWF has been hammered with roadblock after roadblock in regards to their storylines and feuds they plan to develop over the spring and summer. Remember all the top baby faces that were planned underneath Hulk Hogan? Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jake the Snake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, Brutus Beefcake? Well, Hacksaw's fired, Jake Roberts injured, then suspended, Steamboat requesting time off immediately after winning the IC title, putting him in the doghouse as well, Brutus Beefcake getting over, but at a slower than expected pace, I suppose, likely and mostly due to the opponents, or lack thereof. So Hacksaw Duggan and his opponent Iron Sheik are gone, Ken Patera comes in on paper, the story with Bobby Heenan, sounds fun, but not getting over to the level needed. They continue with the story anyway, and as you'll see, Patera about to go down to injury as well. Bam Bam Bigelow, a planned heel upon arrival here, until all the babyface issues force the WWF to abruptly pivot and make him a babyface when he arrives here in the WWF. And you have to believe there's no doubt that Bigelow was in line for a top spot down the road against Hulk Hogan in that WWF title. Then from there, the Islanders, they go heel to feud with the next potential tag team champions in the Can-Am Connection, but then Tom Zink quits the company. The top babyface team are no more, leaving Martell stranded and the Islanders screwed. Briefly, anyway. Then, of course, there was the Midnight Rockers, perhaps the next big babyface thing as well, and they're fired after one night. And with Zink quitting, no doubt the Rockers would have easily been the next team up for the tag team belts, so Martell, a little lucky there. Superstar Graham is back as well, feuding with the natural butchery, but how long will Graham be able to go? So thank God there was an influx of talent here in 1987, starting with the demolition and moving on with Bam Bam Bigelow, Ted DiBiase, Rick Rude, soon to be the ultimate warrior, etc. The fresh faces definitely will help as things really begin to change here into that super popular roster of stars that we became accustomed to in the late 80s into 1990. And when you look back to everything post-WrestleMania 3 up until now, it's been a real rebuilding period here for the World Wrestling Federation, and one they weren't expecting. And yet somehow, they've never been in trouble here. We've never noticed it on TV. TV is always entertaining week after week. And this is just a period in time where the WWF, they could simply do no wrong. Or at the very least, it went unnoticed for the most part. Just an amazing time as a fan of the WWF, and it'll continue to grow. Sometimes the term machine has been thrown around when referencing things and even referencing the World Wrestling Federation, but that's what they are right here by 1987, a very well-oiled machine, and it only gets more polished as time goes on. And as time goes on, we go off the air here this week for the grenade, finishing it up here after that edition of Primetime Wrestling and my Final thoughts, shout out to Jerry Springer, RIP. My final thoughts on the state of the WWF here at the end of July in 87, but we head into a new month beginning with the next episode of The Grenade. I'm talking about the month of August. And while there was no Summer Slam in 87, at some point over the next couple episodes, I'm going to introduce you guys to my fantasy Summer Slam 87 card. What would I have done had Summer Slam existed 
1987, what do I think the card would have looked like? Well, I look at all the injuries, I look at some of the guys who have left the company, and I eliminate all of that, and I try to make sense out of what's left, and the storyline's going on on TV right now as well. Anybody can throw a bunch of big names in the ring against each other and quote-unquote fantasy book, but I'm going to try to bring some realism to the card here. Ray Russell's SummerSlam 87 coming soon to the Grenade Show. And a reminder, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Rasslin Grenade. It's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Rasslin Grenade. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Rasslin Grenade. And last but certainly not least, it's very helpful. I really appreciate those who have joined lots of new patrons in recent weeks. You guys join in on the fun too. All sorts of gifts for that low price at the $5 all-access tier over at patreon.com slash wrestlecopia. That address again, patreon.com slash wrestlecopia. Yes, there are multiple tiers to choose from, but just give me a go at that $5 all-access tier. Get you all sorts of gifts for just $5, including all of my insanely detailed show notes for three of the shows here on the WrestleCopia brand, plus early access to many of the podcasts, digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure, the Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, and so much more. No subscription, cancel any time, guys. So give it a try. Once again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. If you guys have a few bucks burning a hole in your pocket or you're looking for that next podcast network to help support I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not pretending to be a millionaire. I'm supporting a family of 10. I've got eight kids, guys. So every penny you guys give me goes right back here into paying the bills at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And with all of that said, another day out of the way, another grenade on the way, August 87 in the World Wrestling Federation right around the corner. But for now, it's time to say goodbye here on the grenade. But as you know by now, we will be back with episode 89. Make sure you guys are there for it. So for now, this is Ray Russell saying from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! We don't want to talk about the past, Gene. What we want to talk about is the future. And right now, the future of professional wrestling is right here. Ravishing Rick Root. There is no longer a Can-Am connection. There's just a can. And that's what's going to get kicked, Martel. Your can. <laughs> when times got tough, my partner left me. But I'll tell you something. And I'll tell you something to you, Islanders. I am not a quitter. I'm a fighter. Axe, I'm curious. Why do you insist upon calling me Harvey? You've done that for the past. I have never called you Harvey, Howard.